and we're back. Hey guys, welcome back to the Talk Shop Podcast. It is the official return of the podcast. I am calling this the second season. So for everybody that listened to the first season, yes, that's what I'm calling the first 10 episodes now. It's the first season. Welcome back. And I know I took a super long time and I apologize, but thank you guys for sticking around. Got some great episodes coming up. And for everybody checking out the podcast for the first time, maybe you stumbled across it, welcome. If you're here to listen to Dylan, Tommy's, or the Garage Chronicle story, welcome. You're in for a treat now. Before we get on to their story, I just wanted to share a little bit with you guys. I never officially did an episode on why I created the talk shop. So as we go forward, I'm going to slowly start sharing more with you guys. And here goes. Why the hell did I decide to do a podcast? Well, I thought it would kind of be easy. Uh, That's not a lie. I thought it would be easier. But the type of format that I have interviewing people, it kind of gets difficult. Because people are busy. And especially some of the people I go after, they're always doing events promoting themselves they're busy people and it gets a little hard but you know for the most part at the end of the day it happens and finding the time definitely time is an issue and like I said when you're out there promoting it gets hard but anyways one of the reasons that I decided to do this podcast was because I think there's people out there doing really cool things and I don't think we celebrate it enough. I think our society is kind of stuck in the celebrity but I think there's a lot of us out there doing very cool things and I think it's time we celebrate that. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're a stand-up comic, a martial artist, kickboxer, crossfit owner, instructor, whatever it may be, I think it's time we start celebrating each other and that's why I decided to do this podcast. Now enough of that, and let's get on with the show. And without any further ado, I give you the Garage Chronicles story. Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Shop Podcast. For everybody that's new to the podcast, the Talk Shop is just a platform that allows individuals to talk about their jobs, hobbies, passion projects, just cool stuff that they have going on in their lives. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking stand-up comedy. While doing research on this... I started realizing every actor now is, and even for the last like 20 years, you can say, started off in stand-up comedy. You got the greats like Jim Carrey, Billy Crystal, uh, the list goes on and on. Steve Martin. Martin's a good one. These guys were stand-up comedians, started acting, and even now, everywhere you go, you got Aziz Azur, Adam Devine from Workaholics, and... Amy Schumer. Yeah. Sarah Silverman. There you go. And so, you know, stand-up comedy, it's huge, a stepping stone for a lot of people. And to help me learn about stand-up, we got Tommy in the house. Hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) That's me. (laughs) And also Dylan. How you doing? I'm Dylan. (laughs) Yo. Yo. So, yeah, we're going to be talking stand-up today and a little bit more to that as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it both of you guys that created the Garage Chronicles? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, I started the first show, and then Dylan got involved after the first show. Um, I, I, because I've been doing stand up for almost four years now, and so I started a show in someone's garage, and then you know I started talking to people and talking to friends, and they were kind of like, "Hey, man, like I think you could make something really cool out of this. You know, like you could make it a TV show or documentary or something." And I was like, huh, that'd be cool. And then I, you know, reached out to Dylan and Dylan was all on board. So yeah, ever since then, Dylan's been a key ingredient. You know, we have some people that are key ingredients to the shows. Andy Benedetti, Dylan, uh, Dylan Lloyd right here. Um, Hi. Danny Plum. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. You know, and then uh, like Willie Mack, Paul Douglas Moonjean, a lot of people. And then a lot of regulars that help out with shows too. So, so like I was saying, stand up is... It's became something more than one dimensional and mm-hmm. you even brought a different aspect into it. The uh-huh. whole Garage Chronicles doing that. It's a whole nother sideshow on itself. 
And that's very cool to me. I love that entrepreneurial spirit. Uh-huh. And that's what actually caught my attention about you guys. We'll talk about that later a little bit, but let's get into the stand-up. So I actually start this show usually off by asking you a question. When you were a little kid, what did you want to grow up to be? <laughs> well, I actually did want to like do stand-up comedy. You know, I have a joke about it. Is like when I was young, I told my dad I wanted to be a comedian because I would. Uh, my dad got a cassette of a comedian, John Patete, who's hilarious, and he's this big, like a very massive comedian, and he just talks about you know being fat and eating a lot of food. And I was like eight, and I was like, dude, this guy's hilarious. And I told my dad I wanted to go to comedy, and he's like, you can't do that. And I was like, why not? He's like, because you're too lazy. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, that's true. And then I just kind of brushed it under the rug. And then in college, by the end of college, I was like, all right, I'll do stand-up comedy. You know, like my last year, I gave it a try, and it just kind of stuck, you know. It was just really cool. Very cool, man. Could, you left it for a while, and then you came full circle back to it. Mm-hmm. What did you study in college? I studied history. Oh, okay. Yeah, so originally I was going to be like a teacher, but then I just realized that I liked talking. <laughs> I was like, I just like, you know, the attention, I guess. You know, I'll, I'll admit it, so. But I was like, <laughs> but I was like, man, I don't want to be a teacher. There's too many rules. They're going to get mad at me for saying words. Like, I'm going to be like, ah, fuck, or something. Like, that's Can I curse practice, on this? That's yeah, where you yeah, practice yeah. the material. That's, yeah. where, that's where you started all off. On the kids, you yeah. know, I just crack jokes at them. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think I could... I would be mature enough to be a teacher and so I was at least a high school teacher so I was like you know what I'm just gonna do comedy as uh it's just been sticking with me you know yeah and so hey let me ask you Dylan you're the you're the documentary on this whole project so when you were a little kid what did you want to grow up to be uh, a documentary film no a dog no a dog yeah no uh when I was a kid I always wanted to be a film director um, like in the industry and everything. It took me a while to kind of figure it out because at a certain point I was like, I don't know if film's for me. You know, I I don't really get into, I'm not really filming anything and stuff. And I think it was back in 2016, I started, I went with my cousin on a trip and I was like, can I film you guys? Can I film your business? Can I film document like what you guys have going on? Cause it's awesome. Uh, he owned like a screen printing business and he's like, yeah, let's do it. I did a documentary. It didn't come into fruition, unfortunately, but it was still the experience and filming them and planning things out was like so awesome. So I kind of got into documentaries after after that. I started watching Vimeo documentaries and documentaries on Netflix, just documentaries all day. Documentary, 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 (laughs) documentary. How to make a good documentary. Yeah. And then I got involved with the Garage Chronicles and originally it started out with, uh, a YouTube series, I believe. Yeah. And then we were like, it might be too much. Or maybe we have a different vision. We started getting into like television because yeah. one, one of the comics was like, hey, maybe we can do television. I, could, you know, I, I know a few things. Um, but we're like, nah. Yeah. We, personally, we wouldn't watch our own show if it was on television. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, because we don't watch TV. So, I mean. Yeah. But eventually I got into just, they went on a, Tommy planned a trip last November. Two other comedians got, they rented a minivan and they're like, we're gonna do a. We're gonna set up a show ourselves in Humboldt because I know I have some friends. Tommy had some friends up there, mm-hmm. um, and Tommy was like, "Do you want to come film it?" And I was like, "Yes, sir." Yeah. So I, yeah, that's and now I'm working on it now, uh, trying to put the pieces together and everything. But yeah, when I was little, wanted to be a film director. Kind of transitioned into documentary. I'm still doing my own thing, but yeah, just kind of yeah. one man banding it for now, and hopefully to wanting to expand. Very cool, man. Yeah. And the first time was a failure. Yeah. And it happens more times than not. Oh, you yeah. Know? But you got right back up there. Exactly, yeah. You yeah. have to. Like, shit, a couple of these podcast episodes were terrible. And <laughs> yeah. I, like, luckily, I was fortunate enough, like, I hit up the person. I was like, hey, do you mind doing that again? Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. No, yeah. Like, let's do it again. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, the first time around, I was new to this, too, myself. And me and the other person sat down and we just... We were like afraid to stop. We just boom, like conversation and let's go. Right, right. Later on, I realized through editing, like, no, we can slow it down. Yeah. Mm. Stop saying, um, you know, stop asking, do you know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. So it was a learning process, but I had to get back up. You know, this was something I wanted to do. do. If it's something you want to do and you believe in and you're passionate about, if it's the only thing you think about, you got to just do it. You got to keep doing it. Yeah. Totally. Get up from your failures and stuff. 
And to go off of Dylan's point too, what he mentioned earlier about, um, you know, originally we were thinking like TV and YouTube and, um, you know, we were working with people on that and working on that. And then, yeah, we both kind of realized like we were putting in most of the work into the shows and we were both like, dude, we don't have cable. We don't watch TV. Like I, I hardly watch movies. Like I just like reading and I used to watch a ton of standup specials, but like not anymore. Cause now I'm just kind of focused on trying to get my own writing out there. So I just mainly read and Dylan just watches documentaries and things like that. And he does a lot of YouTube. So we were both like, dude, why are we trying to pitch something to like Fox or whatever? We really like went in too. We went, we made a whole pitch draft. Like we made five drafts of a pitch to send to like Fox and all those places. Yeah. And then finally we're like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Cause then like when push came to shove too, you know, uh, the person who was helping us out, he was like, oh, well, you know, like, are you guys ready to be on it? And I was like, I don't want to be on it. You know, like he's like, well, you'd have to be like the host. And I was like, I don't want to be a host on a TV show. Like, <laughs> they're going to make me cheesy and shit. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. And I was like, I just was planning on selling it and then leaving. And then he was like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> let's not do that then. And so, yeah, we pulled back the reins. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that because you got to realize, well, I'm shit i'm 31 oh okay so and you guys are younger than that so you guys even know have more of an insight into your like demographic and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because when you think about it stand-up comedy this is like people going out during the week to comedy clubs and things like that and shit i'm 31 and i act like i'm like 55 it's like (laughs) you want me to go out (laughs) on a thursday i don't know (laughs) i don't think so I remember back when the Thursday was the new Fridays. Not anymore. For <laughs> yeah. me, man. Off of Lancashire, you know the traffic at that hour. <laughs> You're yeah. crazy. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's cool that you guys put thought into that. Like, well, maybe this isn't the medium anymore. And like I said, you guys probably know that more than anybody. I got Netflix. I don't watch TV anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just the culture now. Yeah. Nowadays, cable's kind of dying. Unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, you know it's pretty expensive, so it's good someone can come in and mix it up a little bit. I I think, but yeah, I agree with you on that. But so I think you mentioned something about writing. Uh huh. I think that's an aspect of comedy that's very missed by people. Yeah, totally. Like uh, so, and what I mean by that is. Well, let let me. I'll have you tell me about the writing aspect about comedy. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, um, what a lot of people don't realize about stand up is like it's it's really. I mean, there's a lot of people who get away without writing, but then they're kind of writing on stage. But you know, most acts are written down, and most acts are redone over and over again. You know, like the the as someone said one time on a podcast, some faraway land. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, he said, like, the magic is over the second night they see you sometimes. Because the second night they realize, oh, these are just the same jokes. You know, it's like a band. They play the same songs both nights. But um, it's different because now the punchline, they already know. I did two shows recently in Chico. And then I had friends come to both shows. And both shows were super fun and had a good time. And then the second show, one of my friends came up to me and she's like, you said the, the same jokes as last time. And it was like two months apart. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what happens. You know, it, I said a few new ones. I said, I said five minutes of new I material. I said, this one, remember? Remember yeah, that one? Yeah, remember <laughs> this one? What do you think of this one? And she's like, that one bombed. No one laughed. <laughs> but, you know, like that's the part of it is it's your writing. And that's why, you know, like there's so many issues when it comes to writing. Like if someone like having five minutes of really good material is so important to a comedian because that's their profit. You know, that's their late night. That's their opening spot for the club that pays, you know. That's, like, what they need. So if someone comes in and takes it or, like, steals a joke or something along those lines, it's, that's why it's so bad because you just took that person's lifeline, you know. Like, they're, all their effort that went into writing that and everything, right? Yeah. It's, like, yeah. slap in the face to a comedian yeah, yeah. like if, if you write a movie or you like a short film or you make a song you put it online and so if anyone puts it out after you if anyone takes the same song and puts it out after you everyone knows oh well he posted this in october and then you posted it in january but with stand-up comedy it's all live and a lot of it's not online so if 
you're saying a joke for three years and then someone else ends up saying the joke on TV, it's kind of like, oh, well, there goes that joke. Yeah. You know, there goes my butter. Another thing you mentioned is like you read a lot and you said you got away from watching certain things. Yeah. Has that ever crossed your mind? Like, shit, I don't want to hear something and accidentally steal somebody's joke. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, I would write jokes in a tone and I'd be like, oh, this is like a Louis C.K. bit or this is like a Bill Burr joke or something. Um, you know, and it was I didn't mean to do it. But I would just be writing, you know, just like following a thought. And then I finish it. I'm like, oh, I can't say this. And so that's kind of why I pulled back from watching specials. Because I went through a phase two where like all my punchlines would end up mirroring that of someone that I liked. Well, all the punchlines for new jokes I was writing. And I was like, well, this isn't like my writing style. Like this isn't what I want, you know. So so I, I just kind of pulled back and I was like, I got to stop watching these, you know. No, yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah, I think that's always something, even myself, I worry about. Like, I don't want to, like, step on somebody. So sometimes I pull back on certain things. Yeah. Yeah, that's why when I was podcasting, I stopped listening to podcasts because I was like, I was like, oh, man, like, I, I feel too much like uh, Bill Burr's Monday Morning or like I've been, I feel like Mark Maron, you know, like you're like mirroring because they're your idols. So you're mirroring what they do. And it's a natural thing. But it's if you, you know, you have to be aware of it and you have to like remind yourself what your craft is. So, yeah, it's weird how, like, you said, like, it's a natural thing, how they sort of the influences you watch or whatever you take in kind of manifest into your jokes sometimes. Yeah. And well, I see it in like a different perspective. Like, for example, I was right, I wrote down an idea. I was like, oh, this is a great idea. As I was listening to a song, it's usually how I do it. Yeah, this is a great idea. I'm going to write this down. I went further down in my notes. And I see the exact same idea with the exact same song. I was like, what? Oh, really? <laughs> I already thought of this. I, what? <laughs> so it was just the song that manifested back into, because I just forgot yeah. about it. So it's just like, I see that. Dude, Can you I wrote it twice. It must be I, good. It idea. must be real good. <laughs> yeah. I should really do this. <laughs> yeah. so, what, so what was it, man? What was the idea? Yeah, uh, that was the idea. I'll tell you after this. Play song. the song. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the chicken. Yeah. Or is this the kid yodeling? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> At Walmart. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> that whole remix. <laughs> so you're talking about your like five minute like gold, right? Right. So how often do you come up with like new material? Because... Uh-huh. I know that's something more new. I think Louis C.K. is actually one of the stand-ups that started producing new material like every like yeah. once a year, probably even sooner than that. Yeah. And before, some comedians would hold on to their like material for long times. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I think George Carlin may have been the first known guy to do that, though. I think uh, I there may have been others, but... Carlin was one of the first, I guess he said that, you know, every year he throws out his material and starts a new one while Jerry Seinfeld did the same act for like 20 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it just, I think it just depends on your end goal. It just depends on what you want. You know, like I want to be a writer. I want to write books. I want to write screenplays and I want to write comedy. So it's like, for me, I'm constantly writing. I've gotten into a phase now where I actually forget jokes that I write, even if they're good jokes. I just start saying new jokes that I'm writing. You know, it's just kind of going in that phase. If it's an important show, I do like the old faithfuls just to make sure that it's funny. But, you know, at the garage shows or whatever now, I'm just mainly like testing the waters of some ideas to see where they go. You know, trying to go into new territory with my material and stuff. I hate to ask this, man. Do you remember like the worst time you had on stage? Like you just bombed? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We love to ask that question. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. love that question. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, you're good. Yeah. I mean, a few times, man. I mean, I did a show in Paris, France. I was uh, backpacking through Europe after college because, you know, I'm white. So they were like, <laughs> go have fun. And I was like, all right. I did that. And I got on this English speaking show. And I was like, will you please put me on? And the guy's like, do you have 10 minutes? And I've only done stand-up like four times at this point, And I was not funny. And I was like, yeah, totally. I've like performed in Hollywood and stuff. I'm pretty, pretty great. And the guy's like, do you have footage? And I was like, no. And he's like, whatever, you can do it. And I just bombed like awfully. Like there's a photo of me with eyes just wide, like a, like a deer in the headlights. And it was just, oh, it was horrific. And he made me stay up there too the whole time, you know, like he didn't pull me back, which to me, I think that's important, you know, 
if you're bombing, you got to suck it up and deal with it. And I didn't do stand up for like two, three months after that. It was just rough. And that was like the one that hit me the hardest that like really just like crushed my soul. You know, after that, I've had, I've had like tough shows, you know, you know, I've had shows where I, 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 you know, when you do open mics, I bomb like at least once a week, (laughs) you know, where no one laughs. It's just that that one is the one that I was like, where I was like, you know what? I don't care if I'm not funny. I'm just going to keep doing it. So that was kind of the one you need. Yeah. Hey, that if you fail in Paris and keep going, shit, you might. <laughs> yeah, this might be the thing to this do. Might be, yeah, man. I got not much else going on. So. <laughs> so, what other comedy clubs have you like performed at? Um, I've performed at a few. You know, I've done. Uh, 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 oh, I none. No, <laughs> I'm lying. I'm lying. No. I suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh i've done uh the comedy store ice house uh flappers um uh most of them in la except for the improv and the laugh factory i've done uh in new york i did new york uh broadway comedy club or something um you know shows in reno sacramento but uh it's really the garage shows doing the shows in people's houses that has made me feel the most comfortable because i think it's it's finally been a chance where it's like i'm doing what i want to do you know the reason that we started the garage chronicles was because there's a lot of shows where it's like, you need to sell X amount of tickets. And I was like, do we get paid for this? And they're like, no. It's like, if I sell X amount, do I get any more time? And they're like, no. I was like, that's not how this should be. You know, like, and they'll put anyone up. If you're like, I've, I'm a comedian and you've never done stand up, they're like, come on down. Like, as long as you can sell five tickets. So there's no really like method to it. And so I was like, man, like the people who come watch this end up co- leaving with a bitter taste in their mouth to comedy. Because it's not like nothing against new people. I support new comedy all the time. But these people spend $20, pay for parking, and sometimes pay a two two item minimum to see this person that's never done it before. And it's kind of like sometimes they think, oh, is this how comedy is? You know? So the garage shows, I was like, dude, I know funny people that would do this show in a garage. And yeah, it just started going from there. And we've we've taken the garage show on the road too. So yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what like the documentary I'm working on is kind of based around. And so you guys travel and do this. How do you guys get this set up? Like, does comedy have this huge network that I don't know about? <laughs> There's actually a new app that just came <laughs> yeah. out. Comedy show, garage comedy show and house, comedy show and house dot com. No, um, I don't know. Yeah, we just started hitting people up and we were like, hey, can we do it here? Can we do it here? And now in Santa Clarita and Sherman Oaks, we've been doing it more regularly at actual locations. So now we do it at Green Tower Games pretty regularly in Newhall, which is a place where they play Dungeons and Dragons. And we also do it at a place in Sherman Oaks called Paper Hero Games, which is another place where they play Dungeons and Dragons. And so we've been there more frequently um, because eventually the houses just get hard. You know, finding someone that would be willing to open their home to us. We've had a show that had 80 people. There's a um, a thing for the homeowners. You know, the homeowners are kind of like, do I want all these people in my house? Fortunately, with stand-up comedy, we don't really get rowdy crowds at these shows. But it's still a risk you take. Yeah. You know, you still Luckily, might... like nothing bad has happened, I would yeah. say, right? Yeah. We did the show at, at your house, at Dylan's house. That's right. And I bought beer and I bought a 30-pack. And the only people who drank it were the comedians. There was like, <laughs> there was like twenty beers left, and I was like, "This is crazy!" Like, yeah, a bunch of twenty-one-year-olds, and no one drank it. They're and all I was like, sober, and they're all still laughing. Yeah, so it's good. So it's like, dude, you know, like this is like the environment it brings. You know, it doesn't. We don't need these like party animals. Like, it's just people that want to have fun. Hey, do you drink or not? Let me rephrase that. <laughs> like, do you and other comedians still get jittery when you go on stage? Is that why, like, you know, you guys were the only ones drinking? Um, no, I think it's it just depends on the the show. You know, like I don't get jittery much anymore, but sometimes it's I don't know. I just like drinking beer. Like, yeah, I like I I'm a kind of a beer geek. I used to be more so of one, but yeah, I just like to have a beer every once in a while. So. At a show, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, all right, I could have a beer. This is yeah. my excuse. Don't yeah. <laughs> and some comics will like, they'll be like, oh, usually I got a beer in my hand. Like, it's just like a normal thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. They like perform with a beer. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Are you guys still good with water? I'm okay. Oh, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, though. Appreciate it.
Uh, you, no, you, I'm good. You were talking you about sure? it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll take a beer. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Corona's good. Nice. This, this is great. This is quality now, service, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting Thanks. us do this here, too. Yeah, yeah of course, It's awesome. It's all good. Dude. All right, so let's weave it a little bit back to Dylan. So you get this phone call. Like, hey, do you want to go on the road to do this documentary? Like, how do you feel about it? It's pretty awesome. How did it, how exactly did it go about? How, how did you... Do you remember? Uh, no. I think we were just planning it. I mean, you were planning the trip. Yeah. And I said... Hey, instead of the whole YouTube thing, instead of doing what we're doing, how about I have an idea for like a documentary with you guys? I don't know if I pitched the idea or if we came up with the idea. You definitely pitched the documentary. I did. Yeah, I mean, like I was kind of on board, but you put you pitched it, and then I kind of mulled it over for a week or two, and then I was kind of like, you know what, like I I think we could like crank it up a notch if we do this road trip. Right. Yeah. I got hit up for for that trip. It was amazing. Uh, It was Willie Mac, Tommy. Like Juan, him right yep. here, and um, Andy Benedetti, and then uh, Gabe and and Gabe and my t- two buddies, uh, Gabriel Estrada and Andrew Lambert. He actually lives around here. He lives up, up the street. Oh, nice. Yeah, what's up, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, and so I asked them to help me film for it. They're actually photographer, like both photographers. And I was like, so you guys got cameras? Could I could teach you how to film? I just need like I want to capture as much as possible through this entire trip. Would you be willing to do it? And they were both like, "Yep." You know, being in a minivan with three comedians, like it sounds like it sounds unreal, and it was because it, yeah. it was literally just laughing the entire time, <laughs> like the best thing ever. So, yeah. So you guys road tripped it out there. Yeah. Yeah. So how many? It was just three of you guys in the minivan. It was six, six. T- total. Six yeah. Of you guys. Yeah. We filled up. Our Tommy rented out. What kind of minivan? Like Kia? Something? Uh, it was like one of those seven passenger ones. Yeah. Yeah. I just got it from. It was roomy. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> it was actually pretty cozy. Tommy actually wanted to buy it after. Dude, right? <laughs> they, oh, man. Look at the minivan. Like, Soccer are, mom kind of minivan. Those are nice cars. You got space. I'll do a garage show in the minivan. <laughs> From the minivan. <laughs> From the minivan. Yeah. That'd be fun. Watch out for that show, guys. Yeah. yeah coming up. Coming soon. Next <laughs> <August>. show. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun road trip, man. Yeah, we just. So we all piled into a car, 12 hour trip north to Humboldt. And we drove. What so time? What? Where is this? Humboldt. Humboldt. Yeah, Humboldt, California. It's like yeah. right at the tip of California, the very top yeah. between Oregon and California. Oh, okay. Top um, left. It's on the coast. Yeah, on the coast side. Picture trees. Very tall trees everywhere. Yeah, and, <laughs> and once you get far enough, um, it's called like they, there's a lot of like you know marijuana products, and so once you get far enough, the scent is everywhere. It's just like it's like. We it's like you cross the city limits and the whole car smells like it and you're like all right this is how it's gonna be for the weekend you know like, it's, we we actually interviewed a guy who grew, grows weed up there in humble oh, really? oh that's oh, not in humble it's oh. uh I think just a little bit north of San Francisco oh okay what's up Tommy <laughs> is that his name yeah. that's so funny oh, what it's up? you what up me <laughs> what what <laughs> I've never been to Humboldt. Tom, Tommy went once before. That's where the first garage show was mm-hmm. um, and took place at his buddy's house. Yeah. Uh, Steven Drieger, what up? What's up? <laughs> this shout out moment. For yeah. The uh, we went back to his exact house yeah. uh, for this trip too. And it was awesome. He, Tommy put the show together. Uh, yeah. Steven brought the crowd. Yeah. Of how many people? Like 40 maybe? No, I think we had about 50, 60. Really? <clears throat> yeah. And the first time we did it, we had like 70, so... Fucked up, Steve. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. <laughs> nice job. No, no. Both times it was really solid crowd. So yeah, yeah. So you guys do your show there. You guys road trip back down. Are you guys hitting up other shows on the way? Not this time. No. Um, the first time I did the Humboldt trip because I did that show twice. So the first time I did the Humboldt trip, I went up with Paul Douglas Moomjean, and we did a show in Oakland, and then we did Humboldt the next night, and then we did Chico the next night, and then we drove all the way back down. But this time, because of the documentary, we're like, all right, we're just going to go straight to Humboldt and back down. And so it was like a 14-hour drive. And we drove the whole way up the first night, stayed the night, did the show the next day, and then drove back down the next night. Yeah. So basically, I mean, what it consisted of was the documentary itself, I guess, like the spine of what's going on with the whole Humboldt thing, was them going up to Humboldt, um, 
I guess you can say like the climb. That's the climb to comedy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. going up, whatever. Oh, metaphor. Yeah, metaphorical nice. there. All I right. thought about that. No. There you go. Uh, and then uh, I guess once we got there or we got a motel, and it was. I mean, we we didn't really like put a lot of money. It was all out of pocket. Nothing yeah. was budget or you know budgeted or whatever. It was all yeah. out of pocket. We it was like how many of us? Gabe, you, Andy, me. There's six of us. Oh, in the room. Yeah, in the room. There's in one hotel, motel room. Uh, with two beds, it was four people. Tommy like slept on the ground. I don't like sharing. Beds. Yeah, <laughs> that was his option. Yeah, uh, and same with Gabe. He slept on the ground too. Yeah, and I don't know why. Like that's the extent they we went to just to perform, all, all out of pocket, mm-hmm. just for a show that we put together. That's where I kind of thought of the idea. Like this, this is something. This is a story that's worth telling. Yeah. Well, they, you know, this is something you guys believe in. So whatever comes of it it's like you're documenting it exactly yeah you're documenting it (laughs) and dude uh you know when you guys are talking about this i'm thinking of who is it youth brigade and social distortion doing their whole another state of mind documentary like you know these are back then these were like little kids doing documentary on them traveling playing their punk shows and now it's huge in the punk community. Mm, and okay. just docs like this, you know, it's it's something that we're going to look back on and like, oh, shit. Like, you know, look where it all started. Exactly. You yeah. know, that that's the cool thing about it. Yeah. With every documentary or project I, want, I do, I just want to get a story told. And I want, like, the success and whatever follows, like, for you guys or whatever. Oh. So... So I mean, like Andy, he's a brand new. He's a year in, right? Well, I think it's like two years. Two now. years now, yeah. yeah. Fairly new to comedy, and he did great. He did yeah. a thirty, what twenty, thirty minute set up there. I think he did almost twenty five. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the crowd loved it. Yeah. I mean, as I was filming, it looked like they loved it. It's all good. I thought I turned it off. Oh, it was so cool. Such a cool, unique experience. A lot of interesting things happen while you're yeah. there. It's crazy. Because the show took place on a Saturday night. Right? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. We left on Friday, got motel at nighttime, woke up, had like spent the day going to the beach, getting shots, whatever, B roll kind of stuff, meeting Steven and the homeowners. Yeah. Um Tommy wanted to hit up an open mic that he found as well beforehand. That was an if you want to talk about that. Yeah, how that goes. <laughs> so open mics are always weird experiences if you haven't been to one. Can it, I you've mentioned that a couple of times. Is it because yeah. You don't know the crowd necessarily, or the crowd doesn't know what they're getting into? What's going on? A little bit of both. I mean, like, anyone can perform at an open mic. Like, literally, you just go sign up on the list. And in L.A., open mics are known for just being comedians. Like, there's never really an audience. But when you get out of town, sometimes there's an audience. So we did the show in Humboldt, and it it was just weird. You know, it's not professionally done. Most of the time, it's just someone that's kind of like, well, I want to have a show, so I'm going to do it. And so the host was just some lady. I, I think she was involved with like a growing company that does it all by the book that like follows all the laws and stuff. So I think it was just there to promote that. And she shows up and she's like, hey, guys, we're starting the open mic. Um, Willie Mack. And Willie's like, yeah. And she's like, all right. And that was like his intro. <laughs> you know? Like she's like, are you here? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, all right. And Willie's like, what? And then he went up and performed and. Then he got off and she's standing off stage and she's like, uh, and she pulls out her list and she's like, Tommy. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, go for it. And I was like, okay. And then Andy goes it's like a up. dog doing tricks or something. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> and you got treats after too. Yeah, you got, we got, we you got, got merch. They had like stuff on the table. They had like, like, like whatever. any merch you want from our <laughs> coffee shop, you could take one, but yeah. not, not more than one. Yeah, just one. <laughs> And then Andy goes up, and this is where it gets weird because Andy gets the same intro. It's just like, you know what to do. And he's up there, and he's doing like a, he's done like a minute of his joke. I think like, no, like 10 seconds. Yeah, like he does an opening joke, and Andy's really tall, so I think he does like a tall person joke, or I don't know. He says something. And then this guy has been like causing a scene the whole time after my set. And I was like, did I say something that offended him? And he's like really upset. Then the lady's like, excuse me, Andy, like just interrupts his set. And Andy like ignores her and she's like, Andy, excuse me. And he's like, what? And she's like, is it okay if he says something? And I was like, oh God, he's about to chew me out. And Andy's like, uh, okay. (laughs) It's like, 
<laughs> she's like, okay. And he goes on, like this guy goes on stage and he's just like dirt, like covered in dirt, messy hair. Luscious and hair, actually. Luscious, messy Luscious, hair. Luscious, beautiful blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Andy tries to get off stage and she's like, no, just stay up there. And he sits down in a chair on stage. <laughs> And this guy, this I think he's French or something, and he goes on stage and he just proceeds to do this rant about how he worked at a growing farm with his girlfriend and they're trying to get out and these guys are trying to kill him and this guy had a gun to his head and he's like, I need a ride to the airport, but I don't have any money. So it's like, you're thinking like, what, are we going to give you a ride and pay for your flight or whatever? And like, it's like a 10 minute thing. <laughs> Why didn't he just sign up for the open mic? <laughs> just to get just to get up there and do it? Yeah, just to do it. <laughs> I don't know. And he just kept saying, like, someone take my girlfriend, go save her. And then finally his girlfriend walks up and she's like, Javier, get off stage. And he's like, see, this is the shit. This bitch right here. And he's like, what? what? It was the weirdest. Uh, do you got this? On the- I got, yeah. yeah. So I was getting B-roll for it. And I was telling Tommy, like, you know, I don't think this really fits in the documentary. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. It's so, like, out of place, I guess. And I was like, but I'll, like, we'll we'll shoot. We'll just do whatever. And if it, if it sucks, I'll just, you know, I'll, yeah. I won't use it. And I was filming this. And then this guy gets up. And I look at Gabe and Andrew. And they're not filming. I was like. Yeah. And I was like, dude, get your cameras on. And yeah. I was filming the entire time. Though. I remember I elbowed Gabe because he wasn't filming. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to be rude. And I was like, be rude. Be rude. <laughs> this, <laughs> is good, this is good stuff. Be that guy. Yeah. Be that guy. We need you to be that exactly. guy. Exactly. <laughs> we need you, Gabe. <laughs> Do it. So if you want to see his whole rant, it'll probably be in the doc. Yeah. I'll probably upload his face or whatever. Yeah. Anonymous. That open mics. Sound fun. That's an open. <laughs> yeah. That's literally probably. No, that was, I think that was my first experience. No, that was my. Second, have you been to an open mic? Did I, that first show I went to was that an open mic? <laughs> no, it's it funny was? you say that. Oh, okay. it felt like one. <laughs> That's why I don't do bring. Hey, I see, I see. <laughs> I like the luscious hair. Part. Yeah, the luscious. The no, Willie Willie made a comment. He's like, because after we did like a post, like what just happened, and then oh, they right. explained it. Lush. Willie's like that. Those luscious, beautiful blonde <laughs> locks. Because this looks like this raggedy looking guy, but he had this blonde like lion's mane oh. of a hair of hair so it was strange. so funny yeah but yeah after that we went to the show the show happened and it was a blast killed it yeah. literally killed it <clears throat> people were dying yeah. i think i had to do cpr no i was kidding <laughs> how long are your the garage chronicles um i try to keep the shows in between 90 and two, 90 minutes and two hours um we had one show that went a little bit longer one time and it was just too far. Like two hours is the ultimate tops. Because one, it's someone's house, and two, the crowd just gets bored. You yeah, know? that just happens. So I try to keep it at ninety minutes. Sometimes it gets a little long, and you know most comics do about eight eight minutes unless you know we bring in someone like we we have people who have been on TV pretty regularly on the shows. So uh, depending on who they are, they might get some more time. You know, pretty laid back show to be honest. I I don't really try to bring it home because the whole goal of the show is for artists to develop what they're doing. You know, it's for people to get better at what they do. So that's why, you know, like having Dylan on board too, like he can just, he can basically put the dock in any way that he wants. There's no real money in it. You know, it's just our money. So fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need that. Yeah. But you know, it's like, it's, it's a platform for people to express themselves. So fortunately, all the comics have been really respectful of that so far. I, you know, I never had to ask anyone to get off stage for being on for too long. I have talked to people after and been like, hey, you know, like that was a little much, but it's not that it's not the end of the world. Hey, so summer's warm or what, we're in spring right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are like already having shows coming out. So are mm-hmm. you guys already like booking way ahead of events? Yeah, we try to, uh, I, I try to have at least like two to three months in advance of shows. So we have a show, I don't know when this will come out, but on Saturday, April 14th? Yeah. Yeah, April 14th. Yeah. yeah, okay. And so we have one coming up, and then we have two in May, one at Green Tower Games, and then a PG show, of an all-ages show at the Open Book. 
at uh, which is a bookstore. Right. Well, they said all Asians. All Asians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was sorry. like, really? You're gonna it's, get discriminatory here? And we're not booking Danny. <laughs> nope, <laughs> Danny. Sorry. <laughs> no, fuck him. No. <laughs> it's an all Asia show, so that's that'll be our first PG show. And then we're at uh, Paper Hero Games in uh, June. So we have until June booked right now. Because you mentioned that the whole PG is that harder for you? Uh, for anybody, really, because do you rely on... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be really hard. Like, my first two years of stand-up, there was no way I could do PG. Like, no shot. And then um, just recently, you know, it goes back to me stopping watching everyone else and just kind of developing my own thing. And now I'm cleaner than I have been. Like, now it's like, oh, man, these jokes aren't heavy on being, like, blue or raunchy. Or, you know, a bunch of curses. Like, I think they're funnier when I get a curse, but I don't have to. You know, I don't have to say these things. So, so at first it was hard, though. It took me a while. Some com- some comics are clean right off the bat. I wouldn't say that. I was like, I had like transsexual porn jokes. Like, <laughs> like you know, all kinds of jokes. So. Listened to them all over and yeah, over. He's, <laughs> he's heard too many of them. I've heard them all. Hey, Dylan, what about you? Have you ever considered doing this? Doing comedy? Yeah. Nah. Oh, I, come on. I, I was so I took a public speaking class and that's where I realized like I kind of like this. This is kind of cool. Like sp- speaking my thoughts. Usually when it's like something I, I'm passionate about, like yeah. it's a lot easier to come by. Like this documentary I could talk about for years, but it's not long enough. But <laughs> so uh it'll never get out. It'll never yeah. <laughs> it'll never happen. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so for now, but mm-hmm. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, my mom performs. At His the mom shows. literally performs. Yeah. So I mean, Did it, help her write? No, she writes her own jokes. Okay. My mom's funny. They yeah. actually kill. Yeah, yeah she's she, actually she'll the, she's killed rooms. Because it's introduced as like Tommy's mom, yeah. also Tommy's mom. So people are like, "What? His mom?" So yeah. then she gets into like, you know, jokes. are like, Ugh! and then Tommy, you see Tommy's reaction oh, in the, the audience is great. Did she talk about you? Uh, kind of. Like when, I don't know, she just always tries to up the ante on being like crude and like nasty. And so like sometimes she'll like hit a chord and she'll be like, what, was that too much for you? <laughs> like, shut up, mom. Shut up, mom. Yeah. Well, I guess what I wanted to talk about last night was kind of a oh, yeah. big thing, I guess. Um, I'm in a film class right now at uh, College of the Canyons. Shout out. CSC. Uh, CSC, what's up? Cougar, what up? Na- Cougar Nation. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> we had a trailer project. We had to do make a movie trailer. Uh, not based off of any movies we're making currently. Just a trailer on, on anything. Just make it look like a trailer. I'm actually working with my girlfriend on it, which is funny. Shout out. What's up? No. What up? Uh, and she had the idea like, oh, let's do it on the documentary you're making. And I didn't think about that for some reason. I was like, that's a great idea. So we did it. Yeah. We edited the entire thing, organized the entire thing, edited it together. It was like my baby for like a week. I had to just sit there like, all right, I think it's good. I think it's good. Fine tuning it. I think it's good. Uh, and then last night was like the premiere of all the short films. It was like 30 plus films. Tommy, I invited Tommy to come out and watch it too because it was a, I wanted a first time to see it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that was for you. The, it was good. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because like I'm supposed to. do it no it was actually really good like it was it's something i i would want to see so yeah that was like a big uh moment my instructor was kind of drilling on people for mistakes he was like you know this is wrong this shot was amazing your font's wrong this is wrong um just picking out the little things i was like dude i'm done you know my yeah. i i was already getting my I, I literally got my phone i was gonna like write down criticisms to like work on for it and then he shows it and then he's literally nothing nothing bad to say about it at all so it was a big yeah wake up call for me i was like okay maybe this actually this and people in the class were literally coming up to me like dude you edited that you you yeah you shot that you did that you did that he came and then i pointed out tommy i was like oh and tommy's here in the back as well and everyone's like what <laughs> he just rose up. The, I'm here. A light, a spotlight hit Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was a big moment. Yeah. Um, and it just made me makes me more excited to get finally get this out and start. Yeah. Working on it more and kind of getting this, these stories told is is awesome. Dude, yeah. I love that, and I'm I love the fact that you shared that because. I think as people, we're so self-conscious oh, about yeah. ourselves and it's like, 
shit, like you have the skill. You've you tinkered in it probably longer than what you realize. Yeah. And so you're like selling yourself short. Dude, I know so many people that do that. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm okay. Like, no, fucker. Like, I'm barely Ex- okay. Exactly. Like, yeah. Good, dude. Like, step no, it up. Exactly. My mom always tells me, like, you're, it's just because you're a perfectionist. You're a perfectionist. You mm-hmm. always wanted to be perfect. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. And even no matter how many times I would show it to people and they would say, yeah, it was good. I was like, you're just saying it's good, yeah. dude. Yeah. But it, that was kind of a, that was a big, like, eye opener. I'm glad you shared it, man, because, uh, I know a lot of people out there are listening and I know that they have a moment like that in their lives. Yeah. Like, dude, everybody out there has something that they're good at that they don't realize. Exactly. It. You just have to, you know. Or they do realize. It. Yeah. They they, don't want they might realize it and they don't really, they don't want to put into practice or anything maybe because they, like for, for me at least, I watch these guys and I would, my friend, my two buddies that are videographers, they have the setup. They have videographers they make money off of the stuff they make and for a while i was like man like i wish i was them i wish i could like be i'm not that i'm never gonna be that good you know and then i just switched the mindset like no these guys are awesome i've i've worked i'm i've been able to work with them and work with them in the future hopefully that now they're my, my inspiration to keep working on my craft and keep just keep creating really that's all it comes down to just continue creating and mm-hmm. practicing and working on your craft because once you once you figure out that you're you know you have something and people like it, you just gotta keep going. Like yeah. the same thing with comedy. Like yeah, like once you see that people are laughing, you're like, dang. Yeah. Like that moment. I think I think what you hit on too is like you know like just kind of flipping the switch and realizing you know like these people are awesome, but like I need to keep doing it too. I think that that's like an important moment of realization for people is that like I also need to think of myself at this level. But you, when you think of yourself at that level, you also have to have good criticism, you know, because there's a lot of people who think that they're awesome, but then they're like, they're not. You're like, <laughs> but come back down. Yeah, come back down. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a good thing to do too. Is eventually you need to take yourself seriously. You know, I think that that's something that needs to be done for anyone who wants to be. Even if you're a salesman at a car lot, like eventually you need to be a salesman at a car. Lot. You have to be who you are Mm -hmm. and um yeah that's a good moment you know all right so i think that's about to wrap us up but i do want your guys's opinion on something or not opinion (laughs) but i'll start with dylan because earlier i started with tommy oh dylan people out there word of advice that you have for them oh man i've always wanted to do this but i never had anything prepared (laughs) uh you should have written it down i should have done it you should have told me word of advice I think I'll just go back to what I was saying, how if you want to do something and you're passionate about it, you should do it. You shouldn't think twice about it. You should start working on it. If anything's holding you back, forget about it. Just keep working. If it's something you believe in and you think other people will believe in you doing it or people have said that you're good at it, just keep keep at it. Keep doing it because eventually it's going to pay off and you'll be happy. People who see what you're doing will be happy. It's just going to you know, it'll clash. It'll all come together. If you just keep, keep doing what you're doing. So definitely you attract what you put out there. Tommy saw that in you from early on. That's why he, that's why he invited you to document. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't see it back then. No, not at all. Other people saw it. Yeah. It was really cool and unique. And if I ditched this idea, I would probably be regretting it for like my whole life (laughs) (laughs) until yesterday that I realized like, this is something that's, actually could be a real thing oh yeah so i mean all right tommy oh no okay i'm in the hot seat you know to be honest this has been like a really trying year and like a big moment of realization like i'm 25 turning 26 soon so like a lot of things kind of happen in life this year you know on my own had to like really for my first time how to pay bills and so um for the first time i had to like realize like how Am I going to pursue my dreams as well as like live? How am I going to be that person? And I came to the realization that, you know, like live the life that you want, you know, and um, or pursue the life that you want. And that way your dreams, you can still you can still go after. But also you're you're fine, like financially stable, all this stuff, like set proper goals, like know what you want. Like I knew 
that I didn't want to share like a bedroom with some people. There's some comedians that share bedrooms or they sleep in cars and things like that. And I always knew I did not want to do that. So in that case, I had to get, you know, a good day job and all this stuff and work hard and everything and balance the schedule of work and my dream of being a comedian and a writer. So, you know, set good goals, try to do your best to pursue them and just don't quit when it gets hard. Just keep going after it because, you know, there's a chance that it might not work out. It's it's more likely that it won't work out than it will. So like at the end of the day, at least have fun with it. And then at the end of the day, I always have like a backup. You know, if this doesn't work out, I'm good. I'm set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for saying that. I don't want people to go quit their day. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go yeah. be no, a writer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Great stuff. The Garage Chronicles. Uh-huh. How can people find out when they're going on? Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. We will have a website soon. So, uh, working on that one. But uh, Instagram, Facebook, we post all the upcoming shows. Usually have Facebook events. Yeah, just follow us there. All right, very cool. Anywhere else we can find you guys? Uh, I mean, you can find us individually on, on Instagram. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, Tommy McGuan, Tommy underscore McGuan, M-C-G-U-A-N. Um, <laughs> I also write, uh, if, you, if you're interested in seeing my writing, you can find it on potaholics.com. It's like podcast and alcoholics put together, so it's potaholics. I I write articles on there if you're interested, so go check it out. Awesome. Uh, and then at Laloid on Instagram, uh, L-U-H underscore L-L-O-Y-D. I don't post very often, but with this doc starting to get going, I think I'm going to start posting videos, maybe like a process and stuff like that, uh, if people are interested in that, of course. Um, and yeah, just that right now. And then stay stay tuned for the whole yeah, the whole process of uh, getting the doc out there, maybe doing a screening. Oh, we'll eventually. definitely do like a screening. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, very cool, guys. Can't wait to see everything unfold. Cool. Hey guys, so that's it for us. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I loved it. It was very cool. Shout out to Tommy and Dylan for doing the episode. A lot of fun. On top of following them, you can also find the Talk Shop on all major social media platforms. So make sure to follow there. Subscribe to the podcast. If you guys want to give it a rate, review, go ahead and do that as well. I'm not going to complain. And yeah, um, also guys, if you guys have a cool hobby or a cool job, anything that you love doing, feel free to hit me up. I love doing episodes. That's how... That's how this kind of happens. Uh, Tommy and Dylan and the Garage Chronicles, I had never met. I actually met them when they came over to my buddy's house where we recorded the episode. Really cool guys. A lot of fun. And then the actually that weekend, I was able to go catch one of their shows at Tommy's apartment. That was really fun. Pretty good stuff. Had a bunch of comedians, improv even, which was cool. My second improv show I've been to. So yeah, guys, if you have a story, feel free to hit me up. And until next time, keep doing what you're doing.